It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the podcast for this Monday. I am Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist editor with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report. We got uh, some weekend action to talk about, a look ahead to uh, kind of a big week for, for both teams, certainly a big game for both UC and Xavier. We'll touch on a little NKU from the weekend. Grayson Allen wants to kick somebody in the nuts apparently now instead of tripping them, and much, much more in the program. More so, egregious, by the way. More much egregious. more egregious. Much, much, much more. more. I, I have a question. Yes. I saw this, Rick. I don't know. This happened when, when Skinny and I did our, our radio show that lasted like four days. Four weeks. Whatever. It was, months. It was short-lived. Months. Four months. Yeah. Four months. It was short-lived. But at the beginning of the radio show, he would like, when we first started doing it, he would come in with like laptop and notes and newspapers and the whole nine yards. And by like week three, he was down to a simple post-it note. A little post-it note. That's all you need. So, so that what you're saying is we've gotten to that point right now because no, right actually, now all I see is a post-it note. No, the best part is actually I left my laptop sitting on the steps and went out a different way from the house today. So I don't have my laptop of information in front of me. It's all committed to memory. And to you guys. Okay. You guys are my memory today. I'm just the host of this. I just kind of throw the things out there and let you guys go. That's all I thought the no laptop, no information was my thing. No, that is definitely your thing. There's no question about that. I just, yeah, just but stream you of just, consciousness. You just don't have any other thing. That is your, your only thing. thing. That right. is yeah. your only thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's, uh, let's touch first on uh, Xavier getting a commitment over the weekend, Rick, and uh, touch on that for just over a second. Over the weekend, as Rick was in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Literally as I was pulling in here, um, broke it. Uh, we talked about it on the board last night, and it was coming down the pike. But they were, I guess, a little bit concerned about the depth in the front court going into next year. You have Tyreek Jones, who looks promising as a freshman, but he's 6'7". You have Sean O'Mara, who has really struggled this year and will be going into his senior year. And then you were bringing in Contravius Jones, who is a you know 6'10", 300 pounds when they started recruiting him. He's dropped some weight. But a guy who's a project and also a guy who has some academic concerns. They're not sure if he's going to qualify. They felt like they might need another body. They were able to do that. I think what they felt was basically if they were still looking at high school prospects and the guys that are available out there. Ain't nothing there. Exactly. There just wasn't going to be anything that they liked as much as this Juco kid, Brady Ernst, from Indian Hills Community College. And he has kind of an interesting background because he committed to Iowa State out of high school. He tore his ACL in his senior year of high school. And then when he got to Iowa State, he was behind the eight ball, wasn't physically ready. They played in one of those overseas trips during the, the summer uh, preseason. He didn't play in that. Because he still was coming back from the injury. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then when the season started, he, he was there for like the first five or six games and just couldn't really get off the bench and kind of a more experienced lineup in front of him and uh, he decided to redshirt and then after redshirting the whole year him and Steve Prom just kind of basically decided it was going to be best for him to transfer out going forward and instead of going to another Division One program and doing the sit-out year he just went to a junior college and decided to play and work on his game so uh, he redshirted last year so he got that year of eligibility back he's now playing the year of Juco ball so he'll enter Xavier next year 2017-18 be eligible to play immediately and he'll have three years left yeah that's a pretty good get then I mean especially with the three years of eligibility left yeah and he's, he's 6'10 230 pounds I t- told he's physically strong, quick off his feet. Not like a super explosive athletic dunker, but a guy that's quick off his feet. They throw him a lot of lobs. He's a good offensive rebounder. Um, kind of a catch-and-finish type of type of big man that can defend a little bit. All right, there you go. Let's talk about Xavier's win over the weekend, and we'll touch on UC. We'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, St. John's got up early, but really from that point forward, Xavier really took control of the game. But I know you going in, you even, you even worried a little bit about this game, and it looked early like it might play out as, as a little bit worrisome, but it wasn't in the end because St. John's is just so bad defensively. They, they, They're exactly. awful. They are bad defensively. They're just not um, 
very cohesive or dedicated. And the thing is, it's not that they're bad individual defenders. It's that they run a system that has no help in place at all. It's like Chris Mullen. AAU basketball. Chris Mullen thinks that like every one of his guys have to play one on one, man to man, and like, you're not allowed to like slide over and help and and take a charge. Uh, God forbid you do in that. The help side, I know. So so uh, after you get past that first man, I mean Xavier was just really aggressive in looking to drive, and then they create a lot of ball movement after that, and that's kind of how they they beat them. I mean St. John's has got some offensive talent, and they can make it difficult for you, Marcus, for a period of time. But if you but can you, score but, but like Xavier scored. you got to get a stop on occasion. Yeah, they couldn't get a stop at all. I mean, yeah. they're terrible. Marcus Levette was outstanding offensively. He put on a show. I thought the, the most interesting thing about Xavier is when they made their big run, I think it was like 21-5 to 5 or something like that in the first half. It was 18-9. to 9, They came back. St. John's was leading. They came back, and Xavier blew them out from there. The run, the guys that they were on the court when they made that run were Kaiser Gates. He banged a three from the corner, if I remember rightly. He, Bernard banged a three from the top of the key. Bernard right? made a couple of threes. Yeah. Quentin Gooden played yeah. really well. He had a couple steals, deflections, drove, drew a foul, uh, made a nice assist. Tried to dunk on people's heads. Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, he, he he played his best game at Xavier. So um, it was it was guys off the bench that made an impact. Tyreek Jones played well, too. He had 10-5 and five off the bench, even though he struggled to finish a little bit when he first got in there. So I think it was good to see from the standpoint of they're getting a, a boost from the bench. I think they outscored him like 36 to 13 or something right. in bench points. Obviously, the big news of the weekend, though, is, is the reinstatement of Miles Davis. You you pretty much pointed to this period of time as, as being the, the time they were going to do it. I don't do a lot of guessing, typically. Um, I couldn't get that confirmed 100% from Xavier, obviously, so it was tough to say, hey, he's definitely going to be back by this date because... Chris Mack could I mean, easily say, hey, I want to wait another week but, if I want to. But you did say, you said by the Nova game. The Nova game seemed like a target date, at least for his return. Well, I knew the semester, he was he was out for the first semester. Right. He was allowed to return for the second semester, and the second semester starts on the 9th. So, Which is Monday, yeah. Right, so I knew he would be back for this time period is when he would be allowed to be back. The reason I couldn't confirm it 100% is because Chris could decide if he wanted to, say, hey, you're not ready to rejoin the team. It's going to be another week or two. But this was kind of the target date all along, so we expected this. I mean, it's, it is convenient that it coincides with the toughest four game stretch of the season okay you so if you want to no 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 if you want to be an idiot about it let's do it let's break this down i'm joking no, no a lot of people are saying call me an idiot no, no you are an idiot because the, let's we, let's talk about this because a lot of people are saying this but let's like let's break down that not even defending Don't miles wait, check him no let's 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 break this down not even defending miles how how in the world does it benefit xavier to bring him back before the hardest game of their season i mean you need him back for the stretch but he's not going to be like really available or integrated or ready to play or in shape. Like if they wanted to bring him back for this stretch, he would have been back two or three weeks ago. Maybe. No, 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 not maybe. This makes no sense. This doesn't help them at all. They're finally hitting their stride well, offensively. Well, the they're what, playing their toughest what, three games, and now they're going to try to integrate a, a new player into that? That's not ideal at all. You said for a long time that he was going to be easy to integrate back in because his role is simple. He, he is the easiest type of player to integrate back in, but getting a guy who's out of shape and not ready and throwing him in after one practice, do you think he's going to be ready to play against Villanova? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I, how much of, of an impact can he have against Villanova, if any? Uh, I mean, I think he could maybe get off the bench. Like, they might throw him in there, especially if they struggle or right. shooting the ball well or something. He's, he's a guy that has experience on the road. He's not going to be scared of that environment or anything, nor will anyone else on the roster. So he'll get in the game, and uh, I think, and he'll probably play a few minutes. But I can't imagine he'll have a significant impact. And I don't really know that he will at Butler or Creighton either. I think it's going to be a few games before you, you start seeing like him. Like shootout. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, he gives you, what, three weeks? He kind of ends you. But, but here's the other thing, because people are saying this on Twitter, too, that I'm not – it's not – if you think Miles should have been gone from the team and never allowed to play again, that's fine. Like, I won't argue against that. If that's your take, I respect that. But if your take is he was allowed to come back at some point, then when is he allowed to come back? 
Well, like, no, I mean, you he, couldn't he, wait any longer, otherwise the season would be. Well, well, the other part, you couldn't even reinstate him really before this because the semester ran. There's not an inter. Is there, well, it is depends. There, is there an intercession? If, if he went to school, I would think you could have. No, 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 no. In class, I would think. No, but everyone's complaining that he's coming back too soon and coming uh, back. But we're talking. I'm not talking about what everybody else is saying. I'm I'm hypothetically saying if he was in class, I would think you could have reinstated him at the end of the first semester, or if he was taking online online classes or whatever. Who cares? That would have him back sooner, and people would be even more mad. So what does that have to do with anything? I'm talking about people are complaining that he's coming back for this stretch of games, and I'm saying. If you, if unless you're taking, no, he was a, not it, allowed it, back. Then when a, is he allowed to? No, come I back? would tell you it's a clean start because it is the start of a new semester and and the start of a of a, of a new period. So I, I don't have a problem. It's with like that. the least ideal time to bring him back for the season. I don't know about that part. I mean, I'm not sure. There's there's when, when would when would like the most ideal time would have been sometime in the non-conference office. Right. When would be wor- when would be a worse time than this? Is what I'm saying. This is the worst possible time to bring him back. When would be worse? Other than not bringing him back at all. I, I don't know how this is worse, though. I mean, I, I think we're arguing semantics here. Well, because you, 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 don't, you, you don't have to throw him in the lineup. You don't have to throw him in there for 25 minutes. Right, but, but I'm saying if you're thinking he's going to be a contributor to your team, don't you think it'd be ideal to bring him back well before your oh, sure. stretch? Oh, sure. No right, question. so this is the least yeah. ideal time to bring him back, and people are acting like, oh, they brought him back for this stretch of games. That makes no sense. It's stupid. You're idiots. It is a tough stretch. They do play at Nova on Tuesday. We're going to talk about that game in a second. Saturday at Butler, then against Creighton, then Georgetown at home, and then, then the shootout. No. Do it off the top of my head. That's all right. One game at a time, Skinny. I don't know. Yeah, I know. That's the way you take it. You knew, that, you knew part of this stretch of games, though, the three-game stretch at least. Yeah, yeah. I, but you did know that. You did know Nova Asking me to go three. two weeks out is right. getting a little Five tricky. games out. Come on. <laughs> all right, let's go to Tuesday's game, though, against Villanova. Uh, bounced back very nicely with uh, with a big win over Marquette on Saturday. No surprise. They they, uh, they lost to Butler and came back home and won by, what, 30, 30-ish points, whatever that can end up Fighting Woges, not so hot. Not so hot on the defensive end. Um, talk about this Villanova team because it's one that we, we've even talked about a bunch that it seems like it's still one of the most underappreciated defending national championship teams with still a good quality core of players back. It is, and it's interesting with how they match up with Xavier because it's like Xavier's been trying to be them basically since they entered the Big East. They've been trying to build a roster that looks exactly like theirs. So when you look at the matchups, it's like, man, I mean, Xavier physically matches up fairly well with them. I don't know that Mikel Bridges and J.P. McCure is an ideal matchup, but Mikel Bridges isn't like a go-to scorer necessarily, so it's not, you know, it kind of works out okay. Other than that, everyone, I mean, you think Edmonds kind of a, a physically superior player to, to Jalen Brunson, even though Jalen Brunson is really, really Brunson's good. Brunson's a better basketball player, I would say. Edmonds Edmond, a better Ed, physical but, but, specimen. But I'm talking about, when you're talking about, like, do they overwhelm you being the right. number one team in the nation? No, in terms of physical standpoint, no. Um, but just this rivalry, Xavier and Villanova, I I don't know if you call it a rivalry, but just this matchup between Xavier and Villanova over the years, it's like Xavier going in to win at Villanova. It's, we were talking about this last night. I was joking with someone. It's like, should Chris Mack just pull a pop and, and just rest Trayvon and Edmund and <laughs> say, you know what? Get him ready for Saturday. We know we'll beat you when you come to our gym, so we're not going to give anything away. We're right. just playing for that game. We don't. Because, I mean, it's, it's really hard to expect Xavier to win this And game. Xavier is the last unbeaten team in, in the Big East. Everybody else has at least one loss. For so. at least a at few least, more hours. At least 48 hours <laughs> yeah. or 24 more hours, yeah. whatever it's going to be. Maybe you do play Miles. 25, 30 minutes against Villanova. Yeah, just just you, get back in it, bro. Figure get, it out. Go out there, throw Miles out at point guard. Don't play Edmund at all. Don't play Trayvon. Yeah, because don't forget the last time Edmund went there, it did not end well for him. Run out that run out Miles and Quentin Gooden yeah. and Kaiser Gates and Malcolm Bernard and Tyreek Jones and just say, go ahead. Have a bunch of DNP it. coaches' decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a good move. I think that'd be a power play by Chris. It'd really just kind of throw a curveball at Jay Wright. Like, we don't even worry about coming to your place to play anymore. That would be quite interesting, but it's not going to happen, as you know. No, I don't think so. 
and I, I don't imagine this will go well for Xavier. I mean, I think it could be an interesting game, but at the end of the day, I expect Villanova to win by 10 or so. Yeah, no, I, they're, they're just really good. Like we talked about when you asked the question, I think, last week, does the Butler loss um, change your opinion of them? I think we all no. have the same opinion that, no, it did not. It just shows that that's what happens when you play a good team in their place in the league. Uh, I mean, who at the conference headquarters thought, let's send Villanova to Creighton and Butler in like a four-day span? But, like, honestly, in this conference, I'm not sure there's any, no yeah, one gets out of it. Like, yeah. Xavier's about to do the same thing. Right. Butler's done this. Like, everyone has a really difficult ske- uh, stretch at some point during their conference season in the Big East this year. It's just the way it is with having four really good teams in your conference. Speaking of Butler, they, uh, they ended up beating Georgetown on Saturday thanks to a Molar product. Nate Fowler had some big minutes for them. Big minutes. I, that was one of the Never more bizarre coming. One of the more bizarre endings to a game, but uh, I think that was probably good for the conference. I don't think you really want uh, Georgetown beating Butler right after Butler beat Villanova. Probably so. not, but it also shows you how dangerous Georgetown is, is especially at home. I would hope so. I mean, they've got yeah. plenty. Of, uh, they were more talented last year, honestly. They're not as talented this year as they've been, but they still have plenty of talent to compete in this conference. Yeah, no question about it. All right, uh, let's, not let, win. let's move on to UC with a, uh, a nice win at Houston. Five starters and double figures in Kyle Washington. Um, Welcome back. Continues to have that roller coaster ride, but he was on the upswing in the, the the Houston game Saturday. Most points he scored in a month. I mean, it, you know, it was it was very nice to see Kyle. Um, really, it was fourteen in the second half. The second half was really when he got going. Um, made a couple shots. Was effective from the perimeter. Um, Houston does a really really good job of packing the paint when they play UC. Um, it's incredibly frustrating, I'm sure, from from. McCronin's standpoint, because the one thing that, that they love to do when they play UC, and they've done this for the, the time that Kelvin Sampson has been there, they love to back-tap rebounds, offensive rebounds. So, you know, UC go up with two hands, and they'll just go up and punch it out to the three-point line, knowing that they've got their guards back there. Um, UC was more prepared for it this time than they have been in the past. Uh, you know, Kyle, like I said, just really took, it, took control of the game. He had a stretch, and, and I think the most – Impressive part of this game from a UC standpoint. They got out early and got it, you know, not a huge lead, but a, a comfortable, comfortable, enough, comfortable yeah. lead. Right. And every time Houston made a run at them, they had an answer. Um, and especially in the second half, Houston got it down to six and really looked like they were starting to get some momentum. And Kyle Washington scored 10 in a row. Um, and, and pushed it back out and, and got them back to that comfortable margin. Free throws down the stretch were a bit of a concern. Um, it, it's really strange seeing Troy Copain and Jacob Evans struggle at the free throw line because, as we've talked about, those guys are awesome free throw shooters. Yeah, and, I mean, it, and, it's, and in the track record, it's not only like it's a small sample size. No, it's a Troy has long, three years right, of, of, identical, of being a 79% free throw And it's a couple of misses yeah. versus a couple of makes, and that's about the only differential in those It was hundredth of a point, I right. think, when we looked it up the other weekend. So, I mean, it's you scratch your head at those two. Um, Are you getting the whole uh, message board free yeah. throw raft right now? Mick Credit needs to learn new drills. Not as much on that. I, people are just mad that they're not making, making them. them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know what they should do? They should run first and then practice when they're tired. Because that's oh, what, that's what guys on my message board guys on my message board used to do that when they played, and it helped. Because they shot them when they were tired. Like, game situ- it made them feel like they're in a game. I can't believe coaches have never thought of that. It's, it's a thing. brilliant. People don't think about it. They no, forget they, that that's an advantage. Because they're stupid enough to always do it at the start of practice when they just come out. Don't, don't get a sweat going. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. College coaches, they, they get into detail pretty much, but free throws, not really. They don't, don't they think don't about really, that yeah. how to improve that. They don't much. really think about that. Yeah. Um, that part's a little frustrating. I will say, since they since the Marshall game, they've gone, well, at halftime of the Marshall game, they went man-to-man. They're number two in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency right now, and, and it, I get the sense that 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 matchup zone, they're a top 
15, top 20 defense in the country. And man-to-man, they might be top five. I mean, they are devastating in that man-to-man right now. Tell me, tell me what you think about this, because the one thing I think about the man-to-man, I don't know how much like better they are in that. The one thing I do think it completely negates, though, is the opportunity for the other team to get one or two of their shooters loose yeah. for an early three or two to where yeah. they get that confidence going. It's like the best, the best score on the other team is always smothered from jump. And he doesn't get any confidence yep. going. No, I, I mean, think you, that you, can see it, you can see it last night. You can see it in the Temple game with the two guards in the Temple game. Eight of, what, 30? Yeah, something, I mean, eight Rob, of Gray and, Rob, Rob Gray, Gray was and, 9 of 22 last he night. He was 0 for 7 from 3, right. and Damian Dotson was 2 of 7 from 3. Um, I mean, they're just they're suffocating the three-point line right now. Like, I just think specifically, um, and it's because Xavier was getting ready to play both teams, so I did a lot of film work. But you go back to the Butler game last year where, where um, I thought UC really played well with them, but Kellen Dunham got really hot early, and, and Butler yeah. made some threes early. Early, and they were just getting lost against the matchup zone and letting Kellen Dunham get some free looks. And then once he's confident, he's going to be on a roll. I can't, I can't think of more than two or three times a game since they've gone to this man where a guy's had an open three, especially one of the guys that you don't want shooting the ball. Yeah. And they're switching everything, and guys are moving their feet, and they're buying into it. It has been really impressive watching them play that. And I just, think, I just think when you're that good defensively, it's like, why even give, that, why even give the other team any confidence? You know, yeah. Just go right after them and say, we're better than you man-to-man. It is, a great, like it is a great advantage. When you've got athletes that, that can switch everything, and, and yeah, occasionally maybe you get a big on a little in the post, but even a little for them isn't little. Um, and if Kyle Washington can get out on occasion and move his feet and, and use his long arms, I mean, that is just such a great advantage. It really yeah. is. And, and Trey Scott's giving him a great right, addition there. He gives him so much energy. I mean, it, it's he's playing at the level that like Justin Jackson and Titus Rubles did in their senior year when they were switching everything. That Sean Kilpatrick senior year team, where defensively you just couldn't score in Cincinnati, and and they're starting to get some of that that look back. And, and Mick talked about it post game, and I think you know this is um, it's a it's a critical step for this team. He said that he told him go out there and be the best the best team on the floor. Don't go out there and and play with those guys and play down to their level or, or match you know what they're doing. Go out there, be confident, feel like and and know we've got the most talent. We're the best team on the floor, and we're going to handle this team start to finish. And they never trailed. They hit a three on the opening possession, and they never looked back. And and that was a big step because I thought that could have been a game that turned into a. You know, a war. And and Houston was shooting 41% from three coming into the game. They were 11th in the country, and they shot 15.6% or something like that from three. So UC's next game is Thursday against SMU. Big one. We'll, uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that on Thursday. But yeah. really, you, you get through this. We looked at it. We talked about it before the conference started. This, this stretch real early in the, in the schedule yeah. was probably the toughest stretch of games that UC was going to face inside the league. You get a chance to get through this maybe unscathed. I mean, we we talked about three and one being yeah feeling really good about three and Knowing one. That there was one autom- one automatic win in the group. With yeah, the, but, game. but but going yeah. to Temple and yep. going to to Houston, two out of your first three conference games, and then having SMU come in. SMU's playing really well. Um, I th- you know it's going to be interesting. The matchup zone has devastated SMU's offense the past couple years. But the one thing that this SMU team is, is really, really good at is on the offensive glass. And the matchup zone has had a lot of problems giving up offensive, offensive rebounds. Right. When they've gone to the man, the man has been a lot better at, at, at getting Defense, defensive, defensive boards. And it should. Because you've got a, somebody to a block sign. out. Right, right. Yeah, you're block him out. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see which way they go with this. Um, like I said, SMU, they've really struggled with that matchup. 
they don't have a point guard. Uh, they do do a good job moving the ball and, and finding the open man, but they don't have someone that's initiating offense for them. Um, so I'm going to be fascinated to see which way Mick goes with this and how quick he's going to be to have the other one ready uh, if it – you know, if it's necessary. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that game on Thursday as, as SMU does come in. Nine o'clock is the uh, tip time uh, on Thursday night. You get a lot of late games. Killing me this year with these nine o'clock games. Well, I don't know what to tell you. What, what can you tell? Can you help with that? I mean, I don't think he's on deadline, so I'm not sure what he's. No, it, it's real, the weekend ones don't bother me. It's the weekday ones where I have to get up at 6:45 in the morning to get my daughter to school. There you go. Got to do the dad thing. Doesn't sound like a lot of toughness on that side of the table. Doesn't I mean, I do it. Whoa, wait, wait! I'm on this side of the table too. There, sport. I do it. It's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> Let me move. Let me move a little bit. It, it, it's a pain. In, is it not a pain in the ass working late and having to get the kid? Well, your wife probably took there, the kids to school. There's no, I do. I trust me. There's it's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's not you know. It, it's I've got one now. Get up, you do it. I got the last one in the house as a senior in high school. It doesn't affect me anymore. Well, I'm the one that gets up and turns the alarm off at six in the morning every morning. What it really looks- life can't bud, can't even bunch. <laughs> Such two of them, and I, it's like I, I'm not the one that has to get up at this time. And then guess what? You are. You're up. You're up. Yeah, you're up. You're up. I hear you. It sucks. Well, the nice part is woke up on my own Sunday morning, first day, first Sunday I've had where I haven't had a responsibility in the world. You're up at six a.m. Six thirty. 6.30. I'm up. That's on just you, sitting bro. There. I know. I tried, I tried to go back to sleep. No. Sounds unfortunate. I was literally just going And I was hungover. I mean, yeah. that's the other part. I'm hungover on top of it. Rick was probably up until 6, 6.30. Yeah, I, I, should I, have called, I should have called you. I, you should have. I was finishing up my video breakdown for uh, Brady Ernst. Nice. Savior's newest commit. And then crashed till what time? Four? No, I, I slept till about 10. Ooh. Yeah. Got one went to mass? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to get my uh, Sunday devotion in. Is that what it was? I yeah. just, that's what I figured. You're, you're, you're that dedicated to it. I really am. Um, Kentucky with a big win over Arkansas. No surprise. Will, will anybody, honestly, will anybody in the league at Rupp play them within 15 points this year, uh, including Florida? Maybe one team will get lucky and then hit a bunch of threes. Malik Monk was, what, 0 for yeah, he was 5, terrible. I think, was on terrible. threes? UK played poorly in the uh, game yeah, for, still, for at least half of at it. At least half of it, yeah. yeah. And, and didn't still play wind, well up, at all. wind up scoring, what, 56 in the second half and 97 for the game. Yeah, yeah. I just... Yeah, watching Florida, I watched them play Tennessee for a bit on Saturday night, and they, this is the first time I've really seen them play. They didn't, yeah. do, they didn't do much for no. me. So not, not in comparison to what Kentucky looks like. No. No, that's the thing. Any team they play, even the decent ones in their conference, and it's probably better than I expected to be coming into the year, right. in all honesty. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. But UK has to play poorly for any of these teams to play with them, especially to even Rock. play close. I know. Like, within 15. I this mean, team's really – this UK team's really talented. I know they have some issues that we talked about when we saw, like, when they played against other elite teams. Aren't they – their top five defensive efficiency, though. We talked about their problems being defense. Yeah, they're seventh in the country in defense, but we were talking about their problems only against, they elite, re- against elite teams. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. We talk about Kentucky, you have to and be you're talking specific. about UCLA's an elite offensive team. North Carolina's an elite offensive oh, team. Oh, boy. And, and, Mark Godfrey degrees. And, and Louisville <laughs> is not, but it's that game. It's that Well, yeah, well, they got hot. It is what it is. Right. Yeah, they played really, really well. Yeah, no, absolutely agreed. They do play Kentucky plays at Vanderbilt on uh, Tuesday night. They did Beat get, them down. They did get the commitment over the weekend that uh, didn't surprise anybody and and uh, he says he's going to stay for a year would you believe it it's going to be interesting it's got I, I would be so tempted to play a man i would too just, just do it i, I know i think they've got the ki- i think they got to kick got some to... poor uh, donor's son out of the dorms just to get him in there so that's gonna i be mean he's start. in like that's not a problem like he's on the team no i know i'm just saying like to get him like actually moved into his dorm i think they had I to kick some one. donors out of the no. suite yeah 
Oh, well. Yeah, the Wildcat Poor Lodge. Poor kid. Yeah, yeah. poor little guy. Um, NK, Play him. NKU with a win over the weekend. Uh, 37 points for Drew McDonald, the Newport Central Catholic. 30 in the first 30 half. 30 in the first, first half. half. Five threes. You could have been there for the first Seven, half. Man. You yeah, you could have watched it. You chose not to. They are now 3-1 and one in the league. Uh, they do go on the road this uh, this coming week. Tuesday, they play at Green Bay. They're undefeated in the league at 3-0. and oh. And then Thursday at Milwaukee, they're 4-12. and 12, And I think they've won one league game. If not, they're, they're winless in the league. But uh, but a tough first first part of the, 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 the swing. Green Bay game's a big one. Yeah. Big one. That, well, you, you watched the uh, Oakland. Oakland's pretty freaking Valpo good. Valpo game. Friday, Oakland, yeah, Friday night. Oakland popped Valpo on the road, and everyone expected Valpo to be the class of the conference. Oakland's pretty freaking good. I mean, they're legit. Yeah. I mean, they've got some dudes that can go. And that little point guard, it looks like he's like eight years old, can fly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but. You know, we I talked about it when NKU went to Oakland last week. They were in the game. I mean, they weren't right. out last. Yeah. Uh, Oakland was clearly more talented, but NKU was there. When that game comes to NKU, and it's, NK- not, it's it's actually not that far off. I don't think it's not like it's later in the year. I believe it's coming inside maybe the next three weeks. It's a weird swing if I remember looking at it right. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pulling it up right here as uh, as we speak. But that NKU team, when they play them at home, they're going to give them a run. Yeah, that game's Friday, January 20th. So yeah, just, so it's coming up yeah, quickly. Very quickly. Days. Hey, talk to John. Get us some tickets for that game. I I don't think it's really hard to get into NKU's gym at the moment. I think I, I think, I, we'll, think we'll be able to do so. We'll go. Get us some tickets. Right, I'll get us. I'll get us some tickets. I think I think that won't be much of a problem. I don't. How yeah. do we get to the vault though for the for the free halftime? You just walk. Yeah, you walk in. Okay, just ask him. Yeah, <laughs> show I mean, him the ticket. I'm all, when is that Oakland game? We need to Friday, know. Friday the twentieth. Yeah. Oh, it's a Friday. Awesome. Yeah. I'm in. I think I'm in too. Let's do it. Do the podcast from there. Oh, that's actually not a bad idea. Podcast I'm, from there. Okay. We have to think about that because that down. way that way we're on work time. Yeah. yeah. And then we can drink after we're done. If you say so. I like it. Yeah. I like that concept. Not bad at all. Uh, we do have to touch on one other thing before we get some final takes, and it's Grayson Allen yet again. Um, for those who haven't seen it, he got tangled up on a screen with a Boston College player, flipped his – see if I got my legs right – his left leg, and literally tried to kick the guy in the gonads and may have even made a little bit of contact, not enough to – to, to knock my man over or knock the breath out no, of him. No, see, there's but, but, no such thing as, as, but, as a soft hit to the nuts. But I would tell you this. It looked extremely intentional, and the more you watch it, the more intentional it looks. And I have to wonder if this week, if the league doesn't say something or do something. Can we all agree that it was intentional? Like, there's no argument to be made it wasn't, right? I, yeah. The I mean, screen I, was terrible, so it wasn't like the guy hooked him on the right, screen. No. He, he clearly tried to do the thing where he acted like he was getting bumped forward, so he had to, like, yeah. catch right. his balance. But there's no no possible way. Uh, what's, what's your take on this? I, 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 don't, about ca- it I don't care. Nah, I, I, I just don't care. Like, I'm enjoying watching this season. I, I don't have two seconds to give a crap about Grayson Allen and tripping people. I don't care. I know it's a huge storyline, and we're doing a college basketball I, podcast, and it's something that I care, everybody I wants to talk about. Because nothing's done about it. I, I care because nothing's done about it. I, I, I just punch him in the freaking face. <laughs> oh, Somebody just flatten him, and it'll be like I don't. Ca- I don't care. I. I. I think it's funny like i seriously uh, this dude literally has a problem to the point that he can't stop doing weird thing that involves like kicking and tripping people on a court i mean draymond green we saw it last year it's already happened once it's it's an old story we've already seen it once i know but like this is literally a situation where they just suspended him for a game he cried and all this other stuff like such an emotional thing he sits out one game he comes back and then a game later he's like that's how that's it's funny at least at At least at least yeah i mean i I don't i don't like i'm not gonna feign outrage over it because i don't give a 
Yeah, like, and I never did. Like, I never thought him tripping people was a big deal. No, I your problem was with Coach, Coach K. K. Right. Yeah. And I, I get that. And that's why this whole thing, it's like people people are freaking out about it. It's like, I don't know what you really do. Like, the whole – now, that being said, the whole taking shots at people's junk, I'm fine with that's, a very strict policy on yeah. that. Like, if you want to go, you do it once. It's an automatic five-game suspension. You do it twice. You're done for a year. You do it a third like, time. You're done for life. Like, I'm cool with that. You kick somebody – not hit people in the nuts. You kick somebody in the nuts. That's worse than Kenny Freeze getting his face broken. I do agree with. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, I I, I disagree. I don't think. I think getting punched what, in the face. What would you take right now? A me to punch you in the face or to square up and kick you right in the nuts? Yeah, but see, he didn't square up though. This well, is that, actually a good. Would you rather question? Yeah. Would you rather get punched in the face? Laceration from Yancey Gates, who's two hundred and eighty pounds, and strong. on a good day. Yeah, yeah. On a, when he hasn't been eating, you could knock a tooth out there too. I'm not no, right here. Yeah, but you can still knock a tooth. Well, out no, there. It, it fractures your orbital right, bone. We'll go. Right. We'll go high enough that it fractures your orbital bone, but does not chip a tooth. Okay, and you get a laceration below your eye that you'll have to get stitched. So maybe two weeks in stitches. Little or, versus the Grayson Allen type kick where he just kind no, of gives you the, no, 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 donkey, no. the donkey kick well, backwards. That that, but you guaranteed that you get caught contact. With, like you get guaranteed that contact. you get it. Can I wear a jock? Square. No. I mean, you can wear a jock, but no cup. No, no, it's no basketball. I, I didn't say cup. I said, can you wear a jock? Sure, but how does that help? It, it, it takes a little sting off. This is fascinating. You, you've had some weird do, games of Rochambeau back in do, your day. Do tell how you are aware of this Dude, play, uh, play back, back in the day, ground balls get you there without a cup. When I never wore a cup when I played. Just occasionally get one there with a jock on. It takes a little glancing blow off. I didn't, didn't hurt that bad, huh? Yeah, it, it, yeah sometimes having a small target is a good thing. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. That was, that was pretty clever. And plus, I don't need kids anymore. So you know what? If, if you want to hit me there, I'm, I'm, I'd, take, I'd take it in the guions over the over you, the face. You would? Yeah. Punch me in the face. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with that. I've had stitches in my mouth before. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll do that again before I so, kick. Don't kick me in the nuts. <laughs> so the ACC now needs to write some, some, some sort of code or policy for this, correct? Well, I think what they should do is they should post it on Twitter, do a Twitter poll. Would you rather get punched in the face or kicked in the nuts? And if it's, more, if it's 50% or more punched in the face, then you've got to suspend them for life. Okay. Or, or in this sure. case, tit for tat, maybe he gets one. And Actually, I say what you do. What you do is you send him to the NBA immediately, and you force him to uh, guard Draymond Green every time they play the Warriors, and see. That, that, you know what that I mean, turned into? That'd be, that'd almost, that'd be a that, great game of footsie. I was gonna say that would turn into like a slap and tickle kind of a contest, and then they'd start kicking at each other, and it'd be great to watch. In all seriousness, can you imagine when Grayson Allen, like, maybe a year from now, is playing with grown men? <sighs> he can't. Get- if he does that to any of them, you're, you're probably too young to remember the Kermit Washington and no, Tom Jonovich. You're not. Maybe Dude, Rick might be. Where he did get his face caved in. Like, that could happen at that level. He just needs to, like, trick Zach Randolph when he's going by after a rebound or something. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> that would work out well. Boogie. Oh. oh. <laughs> and you got a little Duke UK thing going yeah, there. That, yeah, that I like would not that end one. well. How about if he tripped Boogie? That's a good hypothetical. I like that. That, would not, that's a good, that is a good hypothetical. <laughs> that would not end well at all. That that would be – I'm not sure Grayson comes out of that alive. I really don't. I, I'm not even sure J.J. Redick would let him get away with that. I think J.J. Redick <laughs> might, like, cuff him upside the head for that. He'd show him the shocker. <laughs> Shockular. All right, let's get on to final take time. Chad Brennan, you got a final take for today's podcast. Mark Godfrey sucks. It's pretty simple. It's a strong take. <laughs> that, that was it? That's just it? I mean, just go, go look at the talent that this dude has coached they over the years. They were 12-3. and three, The snowstorm did them in. They were supposed to play on Saturday, got postponed to Sunday, and it affected his team. Go look at his. Points go look at the talent that he's had over the years at Alabama and now at NC State. And nine times out of ten, his team finishes eight and eight. 
barely scrambles, scrambles to yeah. get to eight and eight. He, in conference play, he's the Jeff Fisher of college basketball. He really is. Scrambles to get to eight and eight. Maybe crawls into the to the NCAA tournament. Could the problem is when they get in there, they get hot. They get hot. Yeah, they because they've got players. incredible talent. Right. They, they pay very well for. Right. They have a very nice recruiting budget at NC State. Um, but good God, and they tried to blame that on. Today, North Sunday, North Carolina just blows their freaking doors off from the immediate. Scores the most points ever in that in that rivalry. Yeah, and and did it from the opening tip. I mean, it was twenty. He put the, it was twenty eight to seven. He put the white what are they, the white team or the blue team? What's the walk on group? Whatever that group uh, yeah. is, put them in with about five minutes to go. To it was twenty eight to seven at right. the first media timeout right. or whatever. Um, I, I just get tired of watching this guy and his teams, and, and they tried to blame not playing. We were ready to play last night, but we just weren't ready to play this morning. That's on you. It was a one o'clock. Clown. It was a one o'clock game, and it wasn't like they had to like stay out in the cold. Um, even if they stayed in Raleigh, it's not exactly like it's a lengthy trip to Chapel Hill. No, no, you're not. You're not bussing six hours. Hell, yeah. Louisville had to go wherever they played. They played Georgia Tech. Yesterday, correct. They left Saturday morning. Yes, they did. You're right because of the, because of the storms. And they played Saturday early afternoon. Yeah, they played a tip at one o'clock. Two, yeah, was, two, o'clock, two o'clock, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So I mean, and blew their doors and off. blew their doors off. Mark Godfrey's just awful, and I and I get tired of of seeing him steal money from universities and, and not be able to coach a damn lick. All right, I like it. Rick Boring, your final take from today. I don't think you can top that. I don't think I can either. So I would just like to say. Um, Thank you for our prayers being answered. We're happy that Coach K's back surgery was a success, and we're really excited to see He's him out get indefinitely. back to, to lead his team whenever he returns. So, really it'll looking be, forward to that. It, it'll be prayers up. It'll be sometime, maybe NCAA tournament time. By the way, I really wish he wouldn't have been out for this weekend because Dylan Brooks kicked someone in the nuts and got ejected. It would have been really funny for him to like. Go off. Go off. Yeah, bloviate about how Dylan Brooks shouldn't be kicking people in the nuts right before Grayson Allen did it. That would have been awesome. By the way, Jeff Cable doing a nice job letting Boston College hang around. That's your guy. That's my guy. That's your you guy, Jeff, Jeff Cable. Cable. Oh, he's really good. He's such a good coach. Did a great job at Oklahoma. I mean, really did a great job. That's that's one recruiting battle that stung freshman at Boston College, kid named Kyron Bowman, who is scoring like 25, 30 points a game for them lately. Oh, did you lose him? UC was right there with him and the kid. It was either Coach come, Brendel was recruiting him. It was either come to UC and and be on a really good team or go to Boston College and get your key, teeth score, score in. some buckets. And, and, but you get to score twenty five thirty points a game. He picked Boston College. That was a tough one. To get your cost of attendance situation figured out. UC's got the highest cost of attendance in the country. Well, apparently Coach Brendel isn't dropping off enough bags to uh, convince guys <laughs> to end up at Cincinnati. Uh, all right, boys. Anything else for today? It's Coach Got Chad. It. Lots, Coach lots Chad. of content up on musketeerreport.com. Thank you. That's right. Three, four different things on Brady Ernst committing. I, you uh, know, I, don't really, I don't care because I ask you the question every time and you blow me off on it. I, but I came ready today. Okay, I came ready for you. Right. Specifically it's because he actually has some content That's what it is. That's what it is. And you'll have a preview, I'm assuming, of the, of the Villanova game, right? That, that will be are, a decent gonna, game. I might do, do go? something for that. Yeah, I think you probably will. No, I'm not going to Villanova. Okay. I thought you were going to go. What are you guys just calling me out on podcast for? I thought you were going to go. That's all. Sorry. Just ask the question. We were, we were actually happy. You called me an idiot at the beginning of this you. podcast. That's because you're an idiot. That's well, very so now I'm calling you. I, I thought you were going to I was go. happy for you. I thought you were going to, like, going to that game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. Okay. I wish I was. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Watch it at the bar like the rest of us then. Or at home. <laughs> okay. Whatever. You want to come over or what? Maybe. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. What do you got up on, on Bearcat Journal? Because you always answer my questions every time about this. Got some good stuff. I found out uh, the, uh, the offensive line coach last night, bringing him in from West Virginia. 
Rob Crook and assembling an incredible staff and uh, getting ready to uh, ramp things up for the opening of uh, the recruiting period on Wednesday. Thursday's the the first day coaches can go back out on the road. Seven to eight official visitors expected this weekend, including Jarrell White from LaSalle, who is a commitment. Um, And it's going to be a wild ride to signing day. And you can get all your UC basketball coverage and all your UC football and recruiting your coverage at ParacatJournal.com. Thorough breakdown. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. I, I what? I, I literally came ready to give you a breakdown. Yes, you did. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, okay. All right. You're right. And then the next time I ask you the same question, I'm going to get Tiger stuff. Well, because I didn't finish filling out the content five minutes before I walked in the door like I did tonight, so it worked out a little bit go. better. That's a good point. All right. You can catch all these guys and their fine work. Chad Brandle at BearcatJournal.com, Rick Boring at Musketeer Report, and me at Local12.com. Have yourselves a great week. We're back on Thursday with the next podcast. See you.